I've been pastoring for a really long time. And before I was a senior pastor, um, I was a youth pastor. And so in our house, you know, ministry-wise, besides the adults, I'm very passionate about teenagers, and my wife is very passionate about children. And, of course, teenagers are more important than children. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, around here, that's not true. Around here, though, at the church, um, everybody's important. That's why we work on every part of the facility. Um, that's why uh, back, some of you do remember because you were there back way back when. But uh, we had, when we were in the A-frame, we had everything all fixed up except for the children were living in a um, every week set it up, do the best you can, you're not that important room. And I remember one time, if you all remember, you remember the old um, uh, Church of Christ building that was like 100,000 years old. Y'all remember that with all those pretty hardwood floors that people offered me thousands of dollars for? And um, um, I went out there one time, and the Lord said to me, he said, how would you feel if you were the only group in the church left out? He said, change this room. It's pretty, but change it. He told me it's pretty. He said, it's pretty. Because we had decorated it all up. It was great for weddings and receptions and little women's things. But we turned that thing into the Wild West. And Deanna and Darren were, uh, Deanna, I mean, she was in her jean skirt every Sunday. Hallelujah. Did you, Did you burn that thing after you were done with it? That was a lot of years of jean skirt. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> so everybody's important. That's why, you know, even around here, the new... Um, uh, AIM building, we use it for young adults and we use it for youth. Uh, it's way too big for them. It's way too nice for them. Everything's in it. They, could, they have better stuff than we do. But that's important. The Lord thinks about you. So tonight, you know, um, I was, um, uh, we've had uh, some guest ministers in and they're talking about the youth and the nation and even, you know, being here, they said some things and it just kind of made me irritated a little bit. And so I decided that not our youth, and we have great youth minister. Robert's been uh, youth minister around here for 60 years, I think, right? <laughs> Cody's been in youth ministry 40. And so, you know, we've got some experienced youth ministers. And we, got, we have a really, and helpers, my goodness, some of them have been out there a long time. So we have all the ingredients to change a generation. And uh, yet you all, look at me just a minute, I need your help. Can you believe that? I need your help. I need your help. Because we, we, we have a decision to make. Are we going to let the last, couple youth minute, the last couple of ministers in here be right about your generation or their concern about you? Or are we going to do something about it? We're going to do something about it. But I can't do it. Pastor Robert can't do it. Pastor Cody can't do it. Lauren might be able to do it. No. Can you, can you do it on your own? You can, yeah, we, yeah, I don't know. What about you? Can you do it? Do you want to do it? You don't know? Yeah, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Listen. It's, our, it's, it's where we're at in the world today. God needs us to be on fire. Amen. He needs us to be who we are in him. And he needs you all to reach your generation. Every generation is responsible for reaching their generation. So whether you go to school, public school, or you're homeschooled, or uh, 
you know, you're so smart, you got out of school, I don't know. Wherever you're at in life, God needs you. I need you. So I, I'm just here tonight. I'm going to minister the word to you, but at the end, I'm going to pray for you. And uh, I believe the fire and the power of God. I really have been believing God. So you need to get ready. Whether you think you need to have hands laid on you or not, or you want to have hands laid on you or not. Um, you know, a lot of times I give people options, but y'all don't get any tonight. Just, I'm none of you. I'm going to lay my hands on you. The power of God's come, coming on you. And uh, we're going somewhere. Listen to me. A lot of your friends who are not serving God, a lot of your friends who are maybe they go to church, or, but they're really not on fire for God, you, you are the influence. You are the leader. You're the ones. And I know Robert and Cody are doing a great job, and there's nothing really overly wrong. I just had a passion, and I had something from the Lord drop on me. And so tonight's sermon is pick up your cross and follow me. Pick up your cross. Everybody say, Jesus, I'll pick up my cross, and I'll follow you. Oh, this is going to be fun. Hallelujah. What does it look like to be a follower of Jesus? Um, the Bible says in Ephesians 5.1, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. In other words, children, your children, teenagers, everybody, they look up to us as adults and they imitate us. You know, it's funny. Uh, I used to love hearing reports from children's ministry because a lot of times when the children were in children's ministry, they were very unfiltered. And a lot of you came through our children's ministry and whether you wanted to or not, you always told on your mom and dad. Make no mistake about it. We know what's going on at your home. Through prayer requests, through different things, um, we just know. Hallelujah. And it's really been quite fun over the years. Um, and, and yet, you know, in our children's ministry, lots of good things gets done. And in our youth ministry, lots of good th things get done. But my point to tell you is, first and foremost, you and I, all of us in here, we're supposed to be imitators of God. We're supposed to imitate him. What does it mean to be an imitator? What does it mean to be a follower? Um, it, it's not a casual thing. It implies an intentional study of someone's deeds. So I'm supposed to study the deeds of the Lord Jesus Christ, his words, his actions, his thoughts, and, and I need to fully understand him so that I can replicate. Everybody say replicate. So you and I are supposed to be replicating Jesus. It's easy to replicate the world. It's easy to act like them. It doesn't take any effort whatsoever. You just fit in. Listen, y'all, it's been a while, but I was once in high school. And junior high, oh, help me, Jesus. I was there. And I grew up in a small high school where it was very clicky. You know what I mean by that? We had basically two groups of people, and I was in the knots. I, was in, I wasn't even in the, the geeks. I was in the exiled bunch. And that's the truth. But I didn't have Jesus really then. I, I didn't have anything. I didn't have a youth group to hold me. I didn't have the word to hold me. Instead, I just got mad. And so, listen to me. Every generation's looking for a leader. Every generation is looking for a leader. Not, not, not a critic. Everybody can criticize. Everybody can go along. We need leaders. Leaders actually lead people. We need leaders. In the body of Christ, we're called to be leaders. 
Jesus was the ultimate leader. All leadership, real teaching from leadership come from the principles of the word of God. Jesus was the leader. And what he said to them was, follow me and I will make you something. What did he say? I'll make you fishers of men. He didn't say, uh, he, he just said, follow me, imitate me, act like me, talk like me. But in other words, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to know him. You're going to have to really know him. You can't make him known until you really know him. You can't tell, him, tell anybody else unless you have your own personal relationship. I look around in this room, and I know a lot of you, almost all of you, grew up in our church. And that's different than what it usually is because of what happened with COVID. Uh, but I'm telling you, I know what you've been taught. I know when you were in, some of you I dedicated, I'm getting older, hallelujah. I dedicated you when you were little. And I watched you grow up. And yes, we do watch. And I know what you've been taught though. You have everything within you to imitate the master. You have everything within you to lead. You just need to be bold enough to do it. But see, we can't say amen for them if we ain't leading at home. Now listen, you, you can raise, do everything perfect as a parent, and maybe it didn't always work out. But the Lord will make up for it in the end. Because if you train them in the way they should go, when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Period, end of story. Your children will not be led off into captivity. That is a curse, and you've been redeemed from it. Period. It ain't happening. Hallelujah. They can, they can try, but they ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. How does this start? Jesus, the word of God, tells us to be imitators of God. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. I'm going to get, get somewhere and I'm going to keep you all night. Hallelujah. For even hereafter, 1 Peter 2, 21. For here, even hereafter we are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. I know all y'all and all y'all, we try to be good examples. You're the example. I'm the example. We're all the example. But Jesus is the ultimate example. So even if you don't have a natural example that you think is good, you have no excuse. Jesus is the example. I said, Jesus is the example. Well, this let me down and that let me down. But you let me. Jesus is the example. So, so yes, we as people should be the example. But even if we let people down, even if you let someone down, even if you weren't the perfect parent, even if you haven't been the perfect child, whatever, uh, but Jesus is our example. And it says, leaving us example that we should follow in his steps. So everybody say, I am a follower of Jesus, and I will follow in his steps. What steps? He did no sin. How many know we don't have to live in sin? It's easy to sin. It's harder to stay uh, walk in holiness and righteousness. Right? It's easy to sin. It's easy to yield to your flesh. It's just easy. But we don't have to. Neither was any guile found in his mouth. Verse 22. Who did no sin, neither was any guile. In other words, no trash talking from Jesus. No trash talking from Jesus. No, uh, no belittling people. No um, belittling others. No, none of that. 
He said, who when he was reviled, when everything didn't go uh, well, he didn't, um, he, didn't, he didn't push back against others. Even though he was belittled, even though he was spit on, he didn't do it back. Woo, that's fun. But committed himself to the righteous, to, to him that judges righteously. So it's important to know that. But so I want, first of all, we're all, everybody say, I am a follower. Y'all stick, you with me? I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I can walk in his steps. I can be an imitator of him. I'm an imitator of God. God needs you to imitate him right now. We have a thing around here. It's called raising a generation from infants to adults to know him and to make him known. I'm asking you, and I need, look at me, everybody in this room right here, and everybody y'all, focus this way. Do you know him? Do you really know him? And, and you see, I'm, I'm not talking about knowing about him. I'm not talking about your mama's relationship. I'm not talking about your daddy's relationship. I'm not talking about anybody's relationship. Do you know him? Because there's coming a time and now is when you have to know him. You're going to have to know him for yourself. Your life may depend on you knowing for yourself what car you get in and what car you don't get in. But I wouldn't do anything. You might be on probation just like the rest of them. It's important. The Lord has a good life for you. But it doesn't happen happen automatically. Come on, the Lord has a good life for us. But it does not happen, happen automatically. There's a thief. He's trying to steal from you. Parents... Those of you who don't have any teenagers or or kids at home anymore, it's different now. It was tough when you were raising yours, but it's different now. They face things that you and I never thought about facing. Don't don't take it for granted. You you know, y'all know, this group probably doesn't, but y'all know who Billy Brim was? Is. She's not gone anywhere. She's on with, she was the one that was always on with Gloria and did all the talking, and Gloria just kind of looked at her Bible. Okay, Billy Brim. I love Billy Brim. Um, um, she uh, wrote, edited some books for Brother Hagen. She's an amazing woman of God. Fun woman. <laughs> Fun. Talks about the glory. She, she talks my language. But her children, and this was a long time ago, before they went to school, she would not let them leave until she has thoroughly laid hands on them and prayed for them. Before they went out on Friday night to a ball game, she, you can't leave the house until I lay my hands on you. And so I, I, her son, I think it's Chip, and I think I've heard him tell this too, or, and I've heard her tell it. Um, one night he was going out, and I don't know if she was busy doing something, and he got out to leave, and she didn't lay hands on him, and he ran back in. He's like, don't you love me? <laughs> Lay hands on me. I'm leaving. We shouldn't take things for granted. Amen? Imitators of Jesus. Uh, being on fire for God. And so this is really the phrase, and I've been praying this out for a while, and so this is not just for them. This is for me. This is for you. I know this is a lot for me. Um, in our circle, we don't hear this very much. Take up your cross and follow me. Because a lot of times in our, uh, in our circle, and right, that Jesus is not on the cross anymore. How I many you know he took your sin, 
He took your sickness and disease. He took your pain. And he bore it on the cross, but he's not on the cross anymore. You know, and we kind of like, um, we, we, we tell people, you know, because a lot of uh, believers are just cross-minded. You know, they got Jesus hanging on a cross, and he's not on the cross anymore. Okay? But on the other hand, without the cross and without the shedding of blood, there is no resurrection. So we can't think little of the cross. And the cross, what is it? The cross was a place of shame. When you died on a cross, when you were hung on a cross, it's because you were the worst of the worst. It's because you were a criminal of all criminals. It was the most torturous death, the most humiliating death that you could experience. And it's interesting, and I guess sometimes we don't like to look at it because what does he mean, pick up your cross? Now, a lot of Christians have always believed that meant, well, um, when something goes bad in their life, like if they, you know, they've got a chronic illness, they'll say, well, that's just my cross to bear. No, that can't be it. Because you're not, you're, you're not equipped to bear something that Jesus already bore, and you don't have to bear that. Well, I just have to work two jobs to make ends meet. I guess that's just my cross to bear. No, 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 no. No, Jesus made a way. He became poor so that you could become rich. No, that's not it. Um, you know, uh, maybe you got married and you got a bad in-laws. Well, I guess that's my, just my cross to bear. No, that's not it. They need to get Jesus and get saved and be nice. That's not it. That's not, so it's not those things. It's not those things. But let's just see. So I'll tell you what. Let's let Jesus, and so this is what's been happening to me. Over the last two or three months, especially the last couple, even when I've been leading prayer on Wednesday night. Um, this is what he's been saying as I, you know, I pray in other tongues and I'll pray some things out in English. And uh, this is what I've been praying. You can't follow me without your cross. Don't try to follow me without your cross. Well, that's just Old Testament because it was in the Gospels. Well, I don't think so. Because Galatians 2.20 is in the New it's all new, but it's in the epistles. Galatians 2.20, you know, it talks about crucifying. Well, where do you crucify things? On a cross. Let's pull that one up. I'm crucified with Christ. Everybody say, I am. I am. Crucified, crucified with Christ. You said, Pastor Mark, this is not very exciting. This is the new year, and I really wanted something uplifting. We're getting there. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. So when I crucify it, then it's not me living anymore. Now that Christ lives in me and the life which I now live in the flesh, but I, I, the life I now live, I can't live the godly abundant life unless I crucify something. So I got to crucify my flesh. Have you ever, do y'all know what it means to crucify your flesh? That means you don't let it get to do whatever it wants to do whenever it wants to do it. Right? I don't always get to do. What I want to do when I want to do it. I got to crucify my flesh. But now I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's Christ in me. But I got to crucify something. And so Jesus said some things about this. And I want you to look. So we're just going to look at it real quick. Matthew chapter 10. Or real slow. Matthew chapter 10. Um, 37 and 38. Hallelujah. I want you all to get ready. Because at the end when I'm done, I'm going to lay hands on you. And it's not going to be one of those quick laying on of hands. And no, you don't have to fall down. 
You don't have to fall down and pretend. Uh, if you fall out, great. If you don't, great. But when I lay my hands on you, I'm going to tell this now, don't you go anywhere. Because i got a lot of stuff we're going to do together tonight. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. We knew, we're going to have a good time. Hallelujah. And they, they're going to have a good time too. But I, I need you to get in there because a lot, listen to me, a lot of what's going to happen to them tonight depends on what you all do. The Lord's putting some things on you tonight. A lot of what happens to them tonight is going to depend on what you do tonight. Some of you are looking at me really strange right now. What's he talking about? I'm telling you, a lot of what they need depends on what you do. You with me? Well, that's a lot of weight. Yep. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 10. He that loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, Jesus said. And he that loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that takes not his cross and follows after me is not worthy of me. If you fi- he that finds his life or lives his own life or does what he wants or she does what she wants when they want, uh, you're going to lose it. Just taking a break from God. Well, you might lose it. He that finds his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life will find it. Or I'm going to lose my life. What does that mean? I'm going to lose my life to Jesus. I'm going to surrender to Jesus. I'm going to pick up my cross and follow him. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Listen, Robert will preach to you or Cody will preach to you on Wednesday. It will be all right. Hallelujah. Luke chapter, I'm not coming out. Hallelujah. (laughs) You might look for me a few times this next year, though. Luke chapter 9. I used to come out quite a bit just to hang out. I miss hanging out with you. I might come out a little more. Uh, Luke chapter 9, 23 through 26. And he said to all of them, if any man comes after me, let him deny himself. Let's all be glad about that one. Everybody say, I will deny myself. And do what? Take up a cross. I got to take up my cross. How long? Just Sunday. Put on my, put, I just on Sunday, I'm, I'm in the spirit realm, I'm going to have my cross on Sunday. But when I go to work on Monday, I'm going to drop it at the door. When I go to school on Monday, I'm going to drop it at the door. No. If you're really going to follow him, you got to take your cross. What does that mean? It's not sickness. It's not disease. It's not problems. If I got, what is a cross? A cross is the place where you die. A cross is a place where you lay it all down. But if you do this the right way, it's the place you go through to get up. It's the place you got to go through for resurrection. Jesus is all about life. But there's some things you got to kill. I don't know if I'm talking to you or you or not. Some of you may not be interested in it. But, but guess what? If you got to kill some things so some things can live. I'm not talking about physical things. I'm just talking about what you want sometimes, how you do things, what you want in life. If you'll, if you'll lay them down, if you'll give them to the Lord, he'll give you way more back than you could ever hope, imagine, or dream. Hallelujah. He is that good. It says, uh, if any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Everybody say daily. And do what? Follow me. Follow me. I find myself praying. Lord, I know how to follow you. Because I don't know everything going on. I don't know the future, even though the Lord does. But all he keeps telling me is, if you'll just follow me. 
If you'll just walk with me and I find myself praying out, I know how to follow you. I know your voice. I know how to follow you. I, I don't have to know everything. I just know how to, I, I just have to know how to follow him. And in this hour and day that you've come into, those who know how to follow him and walk after him will be a success. They will live in victory and they will walk in health and wholeness. But those who do not pick up their cross, those who do not follow him will be left behind and they'll be searching and wanting to know where is the Lord. But to those who will pick up their cross and daily follow him, he is right ahead of you. He's your master. He's your savior. He's your shepherd. And he's leading you through the valley of the shadow of death. Hallelujah. And there I don't have to fear. Come on, when I got my cross and I'm following him, I don't got to fear any evil. Woo. Pick up your cross how often? Every day. And follow me. How, what, do I gotta, Pastor Mark, do I, do I got to have Pav build me a wooden thing and carry it around? No, don't do anything like that. That's back like in the day when, you know, the armor was being talked about. People used to buy all this armor and wear it. Or when they're praying, you know, intercession, they put on army fatigues. You don't have, don't do anything. It's not an outward thing. It's just like, I got to know that I've got a cross to bear, to carry. What is it? I got to put down my flesh. I got to put down what I want to do today and ask the Lord what he wants me to do today. I, I got to put down who I want to talk to and say, Lord, who do you want me to talk to? Lord, what do you want me to do with my life? He says this, he says, for whoever will save his life, you're not, no doubt you're going to lose it. If you try to fashion your own life, you try to go your way, you're going to lose it. But whoever will lose his life, in other words, whoever submits to the Lord, whoever lays down his life, that person's life is going to get saved. And right now you need a savior. You need a Lord. You need a master. You need someone who's going to take care of you. And I'm not talking about somebody naturally. I'm talking about the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm talking about the most holy, the most high. I'm talking about Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. For what man, for what is a man advantage if he gains the whole world and loses himself or be cast away? Now listen, this is important. This is part of pick, taking up your cross. Whoever shall be ashamed of me. What is it being ashamed? <laughs> um, sometimes it's easier to preach when my family's not watching or when my mom's in the room. Um, Lord, uh, so when my sister and I were teenagers, or, or in junior high or somewhere around there, mom and dad went through a place where we had this old blue car with a white top on it. And I think a, go a, a dog must have gotten it because it had that white top, and I think everything, uh, I think it was all scratched off. And there was a season where um, the muffler, like, it backfired on a regular basis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're driving or, and you slow down, and it's like an explosion is happening. <laughs> and I come from a really small town, and everybody knows everybody. So we used to do this to my mom. I can't believe I'm telling this story. I, if my sister's watching, she's probably laughing. Um, but mom would be talking to us, and then suddenly um, me and Robin were hiding. We slipped down in the seats because we didn't want anyone to see that we were in this car. 
as we were driving around. Because, I mean, it, made, it looked bad. It made noise. That's what it means to be ashamed. To be embarrassed. What do you do? You hide. You shrink back. And this is no time to do that with the Lord. Remember what he said? He said, if you'll, be, if you're, if, if you'll confess me before men, I'll confess you before my father. But if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Whoever shall be ashamed of me in his words. At least that's a picture, right, y'all? I grew up, hallelujah. But it's just, shame is just not a good thing. And the hour we live in, they all want us to be ashamed of what we believe. They want us to sit down, shut up, and not tell anybody the truth. But the truth will make you free. And I'm not ashamed of him. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I'm not ashamed of God. I'm not ashamed of the Father. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. I am not ashamed. I talk in tongues. Regularly. All the time. Not ashamed. Whoever shall be ashamed of me in my words, I'm not ashamed of the word of God. Of him shall son of man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and the Father and the holy angels. Let's look at this one. Um, where are we? Luke. Let's look at Luke 14. Just everybody say, I'll pick up my cross and follow him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to follow him. It's all about following him. Everybody can follow him. It's not that hard to follow him. You don't have to be perfect to follow him. You just have to want to follow him. And you got to pick up your cross every day, and you got to follow him. Luke chapter 14. Even if nobody else is going with you, follow him. In this church, throughout the 30 years of his existence, I've seen teenagers cause their parents to follow the Lord. I've seen teenagers get born again. In, in Robert's ministry, over the years, we've seen teenagers get born again. We've seen them get filled with the Holy Ghost. I, their parents start coming to church because if God can change my teenager and I'm not that messed up, he can fix me. Right? I've seen it. I've seen friends reach friends. I've seen lives changed through teenagers because God wants to use you. We can't be ashamed. Um, Luke 14 26. It says, If any man come unto me and hate not his father and mother and wife, now hold on here, don't get excited. And hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, uh, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. What's the Lord saying? Uh, really, that word hate would be better translated love less. In other words, everybody say, Jesus is number one. Numero uno. Number one. Everybody else falls in line after that. In all of our lives, Jesus is number one. Then your spouse. Then your children. Then what you do. What you do for God and what you do. Jesus is number one. If that's out of order, your whole life is out of order. And nothing really good can happen. So that's what he's saying. you got to love me more than your mama, your daddy, your wife, your children, your brothers, your sisters. And yes, even your own life. If you don't do that, you're really not my disciple. Wow. Yeah, but I'm saved by grace. Well, grace is telling you something right now. 
And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. That's, I wonder, because I really hadn't visited these things for a while. <laughs> I hadn't visited them for a while. But I keep praying out. If you don't pick up your cross, you're really not following me. If you don't pick up your cross, you're really not following me. And yes, I know this is in the gospel. But the principle is there. Uh, and, and again, so it's not what we've been redeemed from. It's not... A, a sin. It's not a habit. It's not, that's what, or I was just made this way. No, 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 no. All that can be changed. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what he's talking about. Your cross is a place where you crucify your flesh, you lay down your plans, your visions for you, and you pick up his. And if you'll do that every day, you'll get to where you need to go in life. And it's not as easy as it sounds. I'll just, you know, but you got to fall because the devil's all the time trying to get you to put down your cross. He's trying to get you to go another direction, another way. Try this. And listen to me. People have been disappointed all around you. Maybe your parents have been disappointed. Maybe life's been disappointing already for you in some areas. But you cannot let that disappointment cause you to let go of what God has for your life. Well, I don't understand. If God was real, this wouldn't happen or that wouldn't happen. You, you can't say that because your parents are human beings. Uh, people are human beings. Teachers are human beings. Uh, church are human beings everywhere. Hallelujah. And, and it's not perfect. But God is perfect. But God is perfect. Well, they're all nothing but a bunch of hypocrites. Well, you quit being one too then. We're having fun. Hallelujah. This is how I used to do youth ministry, and that's when I took it over. That's probably why it shrank a little bit. Hallelujah. Uh, not many can handle this. You can all handle this. I really want to help you, and I need you, and I'm being as serious as I can be. I need you to help me. This region needs your help. There are teenagers that are currently dying, could go to hell. If you don't care, you got to care. Church is not just something you have to do. You say, well, yeah, it is. My mom and dad make me. But I'm asking you to get on fire for God and make a huge change in this area. And I know you're doing it, and I know good things are happening in the youth ministry. But I just, I don't know, just on my heart, a little extra. Just give you a little extra. All right. If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower? So the Lord's just asking you to think about what he's called you to do. All right. Um, let's just go here. And I'm not going to keep you any longer. One more. Luke chapter 9. I find this interesting. Luke chapter 9. Uh, start at verse 57. King James. And it came to pass, verse 56, for the Son of Man came not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And then he went on to another village. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I'm going to follow you. What we're talking about, we're talking about imitators of God. Pick up your cross and follow him. He said, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, this is a curious response. Jesus said to him, um, um, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but I don't have a pillow and a blankie to lay my head. And 
you know what happens? You don't know what this guy did. He didn't even respond. I think he left because he was so accustomed to having what he needed and having a house and having a pillow and a blankie. In other words, the natural comfort of life was more important to him than Jesus, even though he said with his mouth, I will follow you anywhere. But when Jesus said, I have no place to lay my head, birds have a nest, foxes have holes, but I don't have one of those currently right now. Didn't make Jesus poor, just made him a traveling minister. And the man was gone. There's nothing, there's no record of him going anywhere with Jesus because he wanted the comforts of home. There was a young man named John Mark who followed Paul. And when they went out on their first missionary journey, it got a little rough. After the first stoning and no more mama's fried chicken, no more chicken and noodles or whatever your favorite thing is, John Mark said, I'm going home to mama. And he left. Demas loved the things of this world more than he loved God. And he left Paul in prison. The, the point is, listen, we live in a great place and, and your mom and dad have provided great things and you all have great things. But none of those things should ever be able to hold us away from obeying God. In other words, when I make a decision in life, I don't make it based on money. I don't make it based on my comfort. I base it on what did the word of God say and what did the Holy Ghost say to my heart? Listen to me. And it's not just because I'm a preacher. I hope not. Um, I don't always get to do what I want to do. When he tells me to go somewhere, uh, you know, some people's like, are you excited about it? No, I'm not. I'm excited inside. But this sometimes is just not really excited. I do it because he asked me and because I love him. And when he asked me to do something, like a recent thing, a thing that we're about to do, he said thank you before I even went. It's important to him. It's not convenient for me. But I'm going to do it anyway. And y'all are going to pray. Aren't you? <laughs> Belinda's going to sign you up to pray before I leave. I can tell you that because we need you to pray. And everything's going to be all right. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Amen. It's not just for a preacher. I've been doing this a long time. I've left vacations and come home. I don't have to do that as much now because we have a huge staff. When we first started, we've left vacations and come home. The Lord always made up for it. Always. So, well, that's good for you, preacher. No, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. What does the Lord want you to lay down? Well, I'm exceedingly blessed and abundantly provided for. Uh, he wants me to live comfort and cozy and all that. Yes, he does. But if he ever asks you to give it up, you ought not argue with him. He asks you to do something. Oh, Lord, have mercy. This, this is getting fun. Did you know that in heaven, your, your house might be next door to a martyr? Someone who gave up their life for the gospel? And the Lord asks you to do what? Pastor Mark, this is supposed to be saturation. We're getting there. 
We're getting there. I, I expect the Holy Ghost to move. I'm doing exactly what he told me to do. Amen. See, the, in order for the Holy Ghost to move, it doesn't have to be bouncing off the walls. It doesn't have to be spinning like a top. If you do what he says, he'll manifest. I'm doing exactly what he said. Hallelujah. Verse 59. And he said to another, follow me. But say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And he said, but hold up here, Lord. Let me go first and bury my father. Now, if you look in the Amplified Classified of that, Classic of that, his daddy's not even dead yet. In other words, my dad's in later in life, and uh, I'll do what you want me to do, but first let me hang out with home with my family, and then I'll come catch up with you later. Y'all, this is in the Word, right? Am I making this stuff up? <laughs> we'll get there. Um, Jesus answered and said, okie dokie. I understand. You don't have to obey me. You don't have to follow me. I'm not the one that told you to follow me. He said, follow me. And, he, and, he, and Jesus said, follow me. And the guy's like, well, yeah, but I, I got to hang out till daddy goes. And Jesus, this sounds mean. Let the dead bury the dead. But you go preach the kingdom of God. Listen to me. I've been serving God a long time now. 35 or so years in the serving God, 32 or 3 in the ministry. God's not against your family. He's not going to ask you to do something that's going to hurt your children, your spouse. That's not God. God won't do that. The point is not uh, elevate God to a place and dismiss your family. The point is if you'll put God first, he'll take care of your family. This guy, daddy could have lived a whole lot longer maybe. Listen, I know because I've obeyed God, it has affected a lot, not just my immediate family, but our family. Pastor Rhonda, her family. Your obedience, people, they should want you to obey God because it affects them. Putting God first. Hallelujah. And another also said, Lord, I'm, this, one, he, this one instituted, I, I'm going to follow you. But first, let me go bid them farewell which are at my home and at my house. And Jesus said, no man having uh, put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So it reminds me of Elijah and Elisha. Remember when the Lord told Elijah to go anoint Elisha? And Elisha said, first, let me go have a party with my family. And what did Elisha say? Doesn't matter to me. I didn't call you anyway. Do what you want. And that's how he started. But at the end, Elisha said, remember when Elijah tried to leave him behind? Elisha said, as the Lord your God lives, I ain't leaving you. So he changed. What is my point? Following him, picking up your cross. There are benefits of doing it. There are rewards of doing it. But it's a serious thing. It's a serious thing. And when you get serious about it, God will get serious about it. I think sometimes we don't see everything we want to see because I don't know that we're doing it serious enough. Amen? Are, are you with me? Understand this, that following, picking up your cross following him makes you a true disciple. And um, when you're a true disciple, if you know the truth, the truth will make you free and you'll be a disciple indeed. Um, uh, um, 
He wants you to bear much fruit. Hallelujah, JC, come move this. Hallelujah. Um, this is what we're going to do. Um, I think just at first, can I just have uh, um, Doppo, maybe Doppo and Destiny, I don't know. Give me some traveling music here. Um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay hands on the teenagers and um, say, well, it doesn't sense like it's hands laying on time. Oh, it's hands laying on time. And um, this is what it's going to be different. I, when, I, when you come up, so everybody here, I want you to come up. I'm not going to embarrass you. Well, maybe. Um, I'm not going to, uh, what I am going to do is I'm going to lay my hands on you until the power of God goes in you. And I'm not leaving you until the power of God goes in you. So we can stay here all night. We can stay here all night. You need this. The Lord so strong put it on my heart. But then don't go anywhere. Again, you know, even if somebody who was up here said, you know, if you don't fall out, fall out anyway and just lay on the floor, don't do that. We don't have to make up stuff like that. We don't have to make up stuff like that. So it's not about falling or not falling. It's about you receiving. This is your attitude. Lord, I'm going to pick up my cross. And I'm going to follow you. I'm going to put everything else aside and make you number one. Listen to me, everybody, every one of you. If you make him number one, good things are going to happen. Some of you, I'm looking out among you. doesn't matter whether you're called to the full-time ministry. You're called to be an engineer. You're called to be a doctor or a nurse. It doesn't matter where you're going. Jesus needs to be number one in your life. Some of you are getting to some times and seasons in your life where you're going to have to make important decisions. Where to go to college, if to go to college, what to do in life. But along the way, if you'll pick up your cross and follow him every day, good things are going to happen for you. Your friends and even your family needs you, this generation, to be on fire for God. So I'm asking you, will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help me? Will you help Pastor Robert? Will you help Pastor Cody? Take the message of salvation and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the goodness of God to your generation, whether it's to school, whether it's to your uh, homeschool group, to whether it's at a football game, a basketball game, uh, whatever you all do. And then I don't want you just to be concerned about other teenagers. Um, adults, I've watched this for a long time. A teenager on fire for God can change an adult, can change a parent. You'll, you need to be distinct. Not in how you look, but in who you carry. You need to be distinct. Not acting like them, talking like them, doing the things they do. But be the person God created you to be in your mother's womb. Some of you, I prayed for you when you were in your mother's womb. I dedicated you to God. Your parents have done the best they can. They're not perfect. I know them. They know they're not perfect. But don't put things off on them. Forgive them. Whatever you got to do, let it go. If you're holding on to things, you can't pick up your cross. I am literally 
begging you. The hour that we live in, the world we live in, is not to be messed with. The devil's very serious about taking some of you out. <laughs>